Welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. This is Carlos Pacheco. And I'm vlogger extraordinaire, Tom Martin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, true. You are a vlogger extraordinaire. Yes. Um, we are, what before you were a vlogger, well, actually, this is, you know, you're no longer a vlogger extraordinaire. I was never a vlogger extraordinaire. We are two masters of the YouTube channels from the behind the scenes. We're less about being in front of the camera. We're more interested in being behind our screens, managing our YouTube channels, managing client YouTube channels, generating lots of views and lots of ideally revenue from our work. Ide ideally, ideally. Ideally, <laughs> yes, ideally. Depends on the day. Tom, um, how have you been? I've been so busy. Honestly, I've never been so busy. And unfortunately, not all of it is uh, revenue generating stuff right now. But yeah, good. You messaged me last night and I was like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm about to explode. I'm about to break down. Uh, so yes, I need some help. I definitely need some help. Time has come for Channel Fuel to grow as a business. Um, so yeah, looking for some, some hands-on help to help me with the operational side of stuff. Not necessarily the YouTube stuff, uh, more wrangling files and metadata and more kind of for the OTT distribution business, which is a, a lot more, which we're actually going to talk about today, coincidentally, is the, the OTT side of the business, the distribution side of the business. Yes, yes. And obviously use this uh, platform to you know tell people know where they should email you if uh, they're interested yeah absolutely so i'm looking for someone who's got experience of taking kind of uh broadcast material if you want to get technical like high you know high prores files mxf files and transcoding them to whatever amazon needs and whatever roku needs and whatever whoever needs uh just wrangling metadata and creating images and just kind of the nitty-gritty nitty of delivery to uh platforms much more of which we will talk about in today's episode oh and you can email me uh tom at channelfuel.co that's dot co awesome and i think you know we're sort of like getting right into it but uh, before we do uh, i want to send a big thank you to tubebuddy who which is our founding sponsor the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow we've been using tubebuddy for years we love it we recommend it to our clients it's the First thing we talk about when we're onboarding new clients that they need TubeBuddy because the power tools really, really help you get work done quickly. One of my favorite you know, features is the copy paste of the info cards and cards that really, really helps with promotion a strategy. If you have a new video that you need to promote across the channel, it's really easy to fast update all your videos. We've got to actually mention that um, they've got a brand new feature. Out. I haven't actually had a chance to get my hands on it yet, but there's so much buzz going on around it. And it's called the click magnet, I believe it is. Oh, yes. Yes. I heard about it. Um, so we, it's, it's brand new, brand, brand new at the time of recording. So maybe we'll, uh, jump in, get our hands dirty with that and, uh, talk to you a bit more about it on the next episode, but do jump in to your TubeBuddy account and check that out. 
if you for some reason haven't got a TubeBuddy account, you can get an exclusive Video Insiders discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you very much, TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. So we didn't talk too much about what I've been up to because it's just not as exciting as you. So exciting. So exciting over here. Yeah, I mean, personal life is going through uh, big, big, big changes as we're moving, you know, sort of province, uh, state, depending uh, on where you're you're from, moving away from the city and just taking life a little bit more easier in the next, uh, my next chapter in my life. You know, less hustle, but, you know, different, just, I think a different type of hustle is at the end of the day. You can't succeed without hustling, right? You, you know, you, you ever heard of Gary Vee? You, you got to hustle. Hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah. Um, I, no comment there. <laughs> Let's get straight into the conversation about what we want to talk about now. For the past few months, I've been jumping headfirst into OTT because of one of my clients. When you were talking about earlier about needing help, I was like smiling because that's exactly what I've been doing for the past few months, like figuring out, you know, what the platforms need, what the, um, you know, what files we need to send and all that metadata in and around that. And it is such a time suck. It is so, so such a hard lift in terms of like getting that data, especially when you're working with, uh, with, you know, television content producers and all that sort of stuff. But before we get too far, into that, um, we want to talk about OTT and what is OTT? What does it stand for? Tom, do you have the? Uh, yeah, I do actually know that because I, I actually came from a digital video background before I even had ever uploaded a video to YouTube in terms of licensing TV content. So OTT stands for over the top. Uh, I don't know why it's not. It's not a great. Yeah, it's not a great name, really. It's not like, you know, self-explanatory. And it was initially named in reference to devices that go over a cable box to give the user access to TV content. Well, it's way devolved from that now. And it's basically any way that there is a service that is delivering video on demand and live, I suppose, now as well. So, um, yeah. Basically, it's, if you want to, if you want a tangible example, it'd be something like Netflix or Amazon Prime Video, um, the Roku channel, that kind of you know that kind of thing. We'll be talking about more uh, platforms a bit, little bit later on, but basically, it's a digital video streaming service, and it's still called OTT technically, but I think that's probably a term that's that's dying out a little bit. It's a very TV term. It's a it's a very industry term. Nobody outside of the TV industry really understands what it is. It also encompasses a lot of like different types of streaming. It could be SVOD, which is subscription video on demand, AVOD, uh, which is advertising video on demand, VOD, which is free video on demand. Is it FVOD? Yes, there is an FVOD. So basically, why, like, why, uh, why in the world would you do that? <laughs> so for broadcasters like the BBC in. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you basically if you have a free catch up service with your TV, oh. um, so for example, the BBC doesn't serve ads in the UK, so they have a free video on demand service. So there is such thing as FVOD. Every day's a school day. Every yes, day. every day. <laughs> so why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because as people who've worked on vi- YouTube a lot over the last 
many years, we often talk about diversifying your revenue because you, you know YouTube ebbs and flows, keeps changing the rules, all that sort of stuff. So OTT is a, an opportunity for creators and content owners to multiply their revenue sources. From my experience, it is growing exponentially. There are a lot of platforms out there and there are new ones every single day. You know, we'll name a few, but like it's really hard to, ke to keep up because literally every day I hear about a new one. So main ones that I know of are Amazon Prime. We're, we're going to avoid the Netflix of this world because those are sort of outside of our, um, you know, it's not like we can call Netflix and, and, and put a call, uh, you know, like. Yeah, that's more of like a, a walled garden. Yeah, exactly. More of a, there's more of a gatekeeper. Yeah, there's Amazon Prime, there's Pluto TV, Zumo, Peacock's the newest uh, on the block. Tubi, Tubi for me, it reminds me a lot of what Netflix used to look like. 10 years ago, you know, the Roku channel, Rakuten, Samsung TVs just jumped into the market as well. Vizio, uh, to just to name a few. And, and the thing is, Tom, we're sort of have a, a show, a show, uh, list that we're going through right now. And he, he pasted about, you know, 30 different uh, services. So there's tons out there. And, uh, I keep getting emails from tons of other ones smaller ones that are just looking for content and all that sort of stuff. Th those are the brands that you can sort of like keep it, keep aware of, uh, in, in this space. But the question for, and Tom, you have some experience in this and now so do I is like the question for, for all of us is like, how do you get your content on these platforms? Yeah. So this is a, this is the million dollar question. And I think, you know, me and you are, are certainly jaded by YouTube to a certain extent because we've worked on it for so long. But then when you try to work with another platform that's not YouTube, you realize how incredible YouTube is as a technology platform. It just works and it works so well. And, you know, you upload a file and it just deals with it and it creates a auto-generated caption file, which is not perfect, but, you know, it's a, it's a good start. And uh, it's pretty straightforward. If there's a problem, it will tell you what the problem is. You fix the problem uh, or not. Whereas everything else that I've come to so far, they have very, very specific um, video technical specifications that they need you to follow. Very, very specific image specifications. You might need like unique identifiers. You might need things such as um like um what do uh, you the rating call it? Like the, the bbfc rating. Yeah. uh mpaa what do you call that generally rating like rate is it has it been rated as in like is it an x-rated film is it 18 is it 15 is it pg-13 whatever you may have wherever you live in the world and also there's a mix so something like amazon you is pretty much a self-service platform so you upload something to the platform they do have the option to reject it obviously but generally it is a self-service platform and then there are other ones that are a bit more like netflix probably a bit easier to deal with uh in that they're you know they're kind of working on a revenue share basis which most of these if not all of these platforms are if unless you're like a huge media company, um, they're generally going to serve ads or subscription and give you a cut of that revenue rather than the traditional licensing model, which I believe Netflix generally operates on where they'll come to you and say, yeah. we'll give you X amount of money to host your show for the next say two years 
and that's it. We're just going to pay you. Like we'll give you the money and then it belongs to us for two years. These other platforms are like, we're not giving you anything up front. And instead we will make some money around your content and give you a share of it back. Um, some are very straightforward. Some people, as you said, are, are out there looking for content. Others are sitting back. They've got lots of content. They've got lots of people coming to them with content so they can afford to be a bit more picky with what they will take or not. And I think this is what we're seeing with Amazon through my own experience, trying to publish titles and also just the word on the kind of industry grapevine is that since COVID and the amount of uh, usage they were getting, like, you know, they're getting so many more views than normal. Uh, and everyone obviously trying to make up revenues thinking, let's get our stuff onto Amazon. All of a sudden they've got this huge uplifting views, huge uplifting people trying to deliver content. And now they can say, whoa, 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 we've got too much to handle here. So we can start to be a bit more picky. Whereas before, I think it was fair to say they would not reject much. Yeah. So if you see some of the quality of the content that was published a few years back, uh, I think it's fair to say they were a little bit less uh, critical in their, you know, adoption of, of new content. Would, would that be a fair experience for you too? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I took over the Amazon accounts for a client had that had, you know, sort of s submitted stuff a few years back. And the stuff submitted a few years back was not great. Do you mean in terms of a technical point of view or from like an editorial point of view? Editorial qu quality was pretty crappy. You know, even the, 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 the metadata, the thumbnails, all that sort of stuff was like, you know, just just lazy in general right this year I, I just got the accounts back on track and you know i've submitted content that was way better and still got refused a bunch of times right and and amazon has proven to be the most frustrating ones to deal with and if they have they taken anything off or do they just leave it up it's like it's you've got through the gate you're in that stuff will not come down What's well, it's up it's up one of the thing that I've, I've noticed that you know like if if it passes through and even if it's you know like i was saying the old content quality is not great i've never gotten a sort of like a notification that your content's been taken down for you know quality assurance whereas when i'm submitting one submitting new content and the thing is i, I you know i want to say this example is 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 fascinating to me and just how messed up the platform is is um i've submitted a full season of a specific show quality is the same from episode one to episode 24 but for some reason they've blocked episode 9 10 and 15 and i'm like but what's the reason oh quality's below what we want and i was like but you accepted all the other ones and it's like trying to get an answer from them is is like you know if you think you know uh youtube's customer service is 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 uh youtube like na youtube is by far much more better at like sort of answering your questions it is frustrating i admit but like amazon just like you just feel like you're talking to robots you know, like there, there's just nobody with a soul answering your your uh question yeah and in my experience as well so what they'll what they'll say is that they'll say there is a problem <laughs> and here's a link 
to what the problem could be. And on that link is maybe, and I'm not over exaggerating, maybe 35 issues that it could be anywhere from, we just don't want this to your caption files are out of sync with your video. Yeah. So it could be any of those 35 issues and no clue as to which one. So you could go on a wild goose chase trying to change everything a million times, a million ways, and it could be they just don't want it or it could just be something simple like the image is not good enough, but they don't actually tell you that, which is kind of crazy. And I don't, I don't just want to kind of rain on Amazon's parade. If anything, if you, if you are listening to this and you know anyone at Amazon – video <laughs> we would love to have you come on and just talk about this because we don't think we're the only one in this position we love your your platform and the potential that it has but i don't think you're really coming at it with a kind of publisher's worldview you know and we'd love to come on for you to talk about your platform promote the platform and we'd love to give you the right to reply so if you're listening to this and you work for amazon or you know someone at Amazon Video, please share this with them because we would love, love, love to talk to them because, you know, even though I'm having trouble with it myself, I still very much preach that people should be publishing their stuff to Amazon because I know how good it can be if you publish to there. You know, I've worked for companies where we've had absolutely incredible, incredible results with our titles on Amazon Video. So, Definitely not bashing it wholesale. I still believe in it. I think there's a lot that can be done to help publishers and being the video insiders and the mouthpiece for the kind of video industry. Please come and talk to us. We'd love to help you, help us, help you, help us. <laughs> All right. Stop kissing ass there. So I, I, <laughs> I also want to explain, like, the, the way you work with these platforms is very different from YouTube. Essentially, you, you know, for the most part, when I'm talking about the Zumos and the Tubies, you essentially have to pitch. You have to send a list of what you got. Their teams are going to take a look at what you got and say, okay, we want this, 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 and this. And then there's an onboarding process where, you know, you have to send a list with, you know, usually it's a CSV file with all the metadata, uh, titles and coding and, you know, keywords and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, delivery can be problematic as well because, you know, some of them want their own, they want Aspera, others want AWS. When we talk about, you know, when we complain about YouTube, it, it just doesn't compare to dealing with these platforms because they're most of them, with the exception of Amazon, are not self-serve. So uh, there's a team behind it. There's pluses and minuses from that. Another thing to, to remember, and we haven't really talked about it, is how much money can you make? On average, from what I've seen, the, the share is can be from... 40% where they take 60% and you get 40 to the opposite, like uh, where you take get 60 and they get 40%. And the CPMs, again, like I'm working with like, you know, four or five, four or five of the big ones right now, I, they fluctuate between 20 to $15 US CPMs, but that's the gross CPM before you get your cut. And then also you've got to ask, what is the reach of something. Yep. So if you publish something to YouTube, you know it's going to be exposed to a lot of eyeballs. Whereas if you post something to maybe not Amazon, but even Amazon, but maybe one of the newer streaming services, even if they're going to give you a $100 CPM, 
If it's only going to be seen 10 times, you know, you're going to make 10 cents or whatever the maths is. <laughs> but it's you know, how, how many eyeballs have they actually got? And especially in like the niche that you're publishing. Yeah, it's important to know, to keep it, to keep aware of like their growth. Uh, for example, Zumo, I think last I heard was like 25 million uh, monthly active users. And also, you know, depending on how big you are, if you arrive with them with like a big, t- a big, you know, sought after series or, or you have a huge library of content, they're going to be much more incentivized to work with you and you can negotiate, help them, you know, they will promote your content more aggressively than other partners. All of this is sort of like very much more closer to traditional TV deals than, um, than YouTube where you're sort of left on your own to figure things out. So yeah, that, that's a little bit of the, that landscape of how that works. You have to get a contract. You have to agree on a, on a, on terms and conditions, a contract. Uh, you can ignore it. You can, you know, again, sort of speaking from experience, like you can deliver, you know, a hundred episodes of your series and then not talk to them for a year. Right. And that's really up to you. Just like YouTube, they like to receive new content uh, on a regular basis. So some distributors prefer, you know, they have a strategy of delivering every month or every quarter, depending on the amount of content they have. Yeah. I think that's a really a couple of great points you raised there. One is you know, this is not like YouTube where you can really influence an algorithm. It's like you post it. And it's posted. So you can do nice, obviously nice thumbnails, nice descriptions, but really it's how well does your content perform against everything else in terms of click-through rate? Do people watch it to the end? But you can't really kind of boost it up, you know? So like like you say, unless you've got a friend in the marketing department, I don't think there's much you can do to influence performance, which is kind of unfortunate, but... Um, just the way it is. And yeah, I'm really interested what you said about contracts because, you know, some of these platforms might start to take kind of YouTuber content. I know that um, Kadoodle, who we spoke to in a previous episode, do please do listen to that. It's a really great, um, it's a really great episode. And I'm actually delivering some content to Kadoodle as we speak. And they're an absolute dream to work, (laughs) an absolute dream to work with. Um, You know, I've got like an account manager there who's in contact with me via email, offering me help. So just total opposite of any kind of, you know, self-service platform. So if you're a media company listening to this, you've probably got staff and legal help. But if you're an independent YouTuber and someone sends you a licensing contract, you might just fall out of your chair <laughs> because it's not straightforward no. and you probably don't have a lawyer on hand. And even if you do have a, some kind of access to a lawyer, not necessarily one that understands media contracts. I'm lucky in that I worked in content licensing for five years before I ever did anything on YouTube. So I can read a contract and absolutely understand everything in there. No, like what rights I'm signing up for, what I'm agreeing to, what I'm, promising so i'm kind of lucky that i can do most of that heavy lifting myself um but yeah if you're a a kind of independent youtuber creating stuff and you want to get it onto other platforms it can probably be a little bit more complex when it gets down to that contracting stage and you obviously before you sign anything need to get legal advice if you need it yeah and and there's a point that you brought up there and obviously these platforms are not necessarily looking for youtuber content they're looking for legacy tv series legacy movies obviously if you're a prolific content creator and are have created this 
you know, a TV series that, or like a YouTube series that could technically pass as a TV series. They're definitely keeping an eye on that, you know, sort of uh, interested in checking it out. We do see quite a lot of kind of crossover. So on Netflix, for example, you can watch... Uh, Coco Melon, Little Baby Bum, Mother Goose Club. On Amazon, you can watch Blippy and you can watch um, Annoying Orange and there's a load of True. Roblox type stuff on there. Yeah. I don't really know what it is. Um, but there is crossover. Uh, I know my friend Chris from Yoga with Adrian, they've published some stuff to Amazon. So, yeah, there is there is space and I think there is a probably going to be a growing want for certain not everything you know they're not going to want to see someone's daily vlog but maybe if you're a you're doing fitness workouts or if you're doing like travelogue stuff that's kind of tv-esque yeah or um you know gaming is so popular now i wouldn't be surprised if they started looking at gaming content as well so um yeah i wouldn't write off if you are a a quote-unquote youtuber uh, it's definitely something you should be thinking about at least researching a bit more after listening to this. Yeah, and and one of the things that I've seen uh, looking at past data from uh, clients is, uh, and and just to answer, like to go to the next question is, is it worth it? One of the things that's been fascinating for me to see is the growth without much effort being done. One of my clients that I work with, I mentioned before, delivered content a little bit over, you know, for the past two to three years not necessarily on a regular basis and not necessarily a lot of content and sort of like kept things, let's just say didn't, wasn't actively paying attention to this. And uh, looking at the numbers now, you know, they've grown exponentially, like almost 2x every year where 2020 is going to be like a banger year for them. And we're starting to see like YouTube style numbers, right? In terms of revenue. And this is a company that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, a month on YouTube. So one of the things to remember is that this is just like YouTube, a long game. It doesn't come overnight. You're going to make, you know, dollars and cents at the beginning but as these platforms grow and get more and more established they start making more money and one of the things that if you pay attention to the industry and when i say the industry i mean the advertising industry as well is all the advertisers are talking about switching their dollars towards ott a lot more than it used to essentially the way <laughs> the way i see it is almost like ott is catching up to youtube and they're, they're bringing in the tv thinking in in doing it so where it's much more controlled much more safer and uh, i've spoken a lot in the past about how you know advertising companies do use youtube a lot but they're also very wary of the space being a little bit of a cesspool of of of, of you know the, the internet and the OTT, basically the OTT services are offering a, something very similar to YouTube with a lot more control and a lot, a lot safer for the brand. So um, there's a lot of potential for the next few years. Yeah. One thing we haven't mentioned is always the ownership of these platforms. So True. Uh, I can't remember which is which, but I know Peacock is owned by NBC Universal. Another one mm-hmm. is owned by C- Viacom CBS massive like Rakuten is one of the biggest retailers in the world it's you know massive massive companies are getting into this space and it's for a reason it's because eyeballs are there uh and i think one thing as well we haven't spoken spoken about is that i think avod is massively growing because people already subscribe to so many things and i think ad funded content and advertiser 
you know, things with ad breaks in, people are willing to sit through it to get free content because they already pay for a million other subscriptions, whether it's software or gym or the food that comes to their door or, you know, subscribe and save with their groceries from Amazon, whatever it is. So AVOD, I think, is a really, really growing space. And also, you know, and when you're owned by NBC Universal and Viacom, then you have huge advertising teams, sales teams that can sell quality inventory to proper advertisers, not, you know, shady marketers and stuff that are, you know, trying to advertise on YouTube. So, you know, there could be some serious advertising dollars coming from these places for sure. And then of course, something that I noticed is one of your personal pet peeves. Um, <laughs> Carlos is product placement on Netflix and stuff like that. I know that's something that's a bit of a bugbear of you. I've, I've seen you ne- mention that on, um, on social well, uh, my, my bugbear is, is, is more about the fact that, you know, they say that Netflix is not a, 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 an advertising platform. It's like, it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So if you watched uh, Money Heist, which is one of the greatest shows of all time, without doubt, if in my opinion, it's basically just a giant advert for Estrella Galicia, whatever it is, one of the Spanish beers. It's just a crazy giant advert for that, that beer brand. And something that I noticed, and I think I noticed it even more, Carlos, because you always talk about uh, product placement on Netflix. So yeah, I definitely. Know that. Yeah, and and I just finished watching uh, the boys on uh, on Amazon. It's sort of an inside joke uh, within the season two, but like there's a there's sort of like a cult. In, in season two that drinks fresca only <laughs> and it's hilarious they make so much i thought you were gonna say like they order their like ammunition from amazon prime or, <laughs> or like they they talk to each other through like ring doorbells or something like that no i i'm uh, i'm sort of like i have a sixth sense and i can totally tell whenever a movie has a, a movie or tv show has a you know, like a car sponsor. It's like, oh, all of a sudden everybody's driving Audis. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, so yeah. it's, 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 that's the type of stuff I sort of pay attention to from my life in advertising. I just wanted to say one more thing. So you asked the question, is it worth it? For someone like you, Carlos, who's doing this from the inside of a big media company, it's a no-brainer. When I was working at the big media companies, this was just making so much money so easily. On the flip side, for independents like me or whoever it is out there trying to do this on their own, whether they're a YouTube creator, small distributor, it's really tough because you're looking at small margins. You've got small teams of people with me. Currently, it's just me. Obviously, I mentioned I'm looking for someone. But you're looking to invest in time to re-encode all of this stuff. You've got to store giant files and move them around. Um one thing we haven't mentioned is that a lot of these platforms require closed captions files, which are not cheap, especially if you're working with huge volumes. So the question is, is it worth it? I believe it is. And I'm taking a gamble on it, that it, that it is. Uh, and I'm investing to build a system where it doesn't matter how many episodes or movies get thrown at me in the future. The system is built so that one asset is delivered and that can go out to multiple platforms with the minimum human interference that's the that's the dream that's the bet i'm taking and the dream is that over the years that will pay back multiple times and allow me to acquire more and more titles 
that's easy to do in-house if you've already got an operations team and a facilities house and interns and juniors. It's a lot harder for independents. So is it worth it? Me as an independent, I still don't know. I'm taking the gamble that it is, and I'm making the investments to build the systems and the processes. But it will, it does remain to be seen whether someone from the outside like me can crack this puzzle. Whereas I think someone like you, Carlos, who's on the inside working for companies that have got the resources, it's an absolute no-brainer. You've already got the assets. You've already got the systems. Go for it. So that's kind of like my final <clears throat> final. Oh, 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 the stories I could tell. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Most of the big companies, I mean, BBC is a big company, right? But the companies I work with, like they're they're still learning this space. And, you know, they're used to delivering to TV networks that just take care of everything. And uh, it is mind boggling to, to realize that production companies just don't think about, oh, we need to have metadata. Oh, we need to have thumbnails, you know, all that sort of stuff. And like when you're working with library content, all that stuff has not been created. So you need to sort of go back in and that's time, uh, money. One of the biggest issues with a client I work with is delivery costs. They work with an outside delivery company. There are companies out there that just do deliveries and their costs are astronomical and if you don't pay attention to that, you end up double, they double dip you like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm just fascinated about that world of like, oh, you need to deliver uh, an MP4 with this these specs to this company this week. And then the next week, you, you need to deliver an MP4 with pretty much the same specs. They'll still double charge you for re-exporting yeah. that file. I'm like, well, why didn't and you? And an actual delivery cost some I don't know how they manage that. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that big companies are still paying this with storage and cloud computing so easily available. I'm totally shocked that people are still paying facilities houses. I think that is a dying model, but at least for the next five, 10 years, it's going to thrive because the investment and time and ideas to to get it get it sorted in-house is is something it's not nothing but i also think there's a huge software play here for an independent to come along and say we are going to replace the facilities house with cloud storage and cloud computing and you upload it here and we'll deliver it any way you want you know that's that's a bet that someone out there is going to take and they're going to absolutely- there are, there are companies that do this uh there uh, trust me i've been shopping around for that and it, it's expensive that's the thing though you only have you have to work with there's nobody that helps sort of like the small creator very well uh in yeah. this space so i, I sort of want to end with how do you get into this space? How do you get started with this? My advice is dip your toes with Amazon, which is the easiest one. All the other ones, the best way to do this is to do some research and find within the websites, you know, the Tubies and the Plutos of this world. There's usually a link that says, you know, reach out to our content team. You need to introduce yourself and, you know, pitch what you got, introduce yourself and say, Hey, I have a bunch of videos. I, you know, generate X amount of views uh, on YouTube with my series, you know, with the hopes that they'll get back to you. How, how about you, Tom? I know I introduced you to a couple. Yeah, I've, I know a few already just through my time in the licensing world. I've also got friends of friends, people like you and other people in the industry that can introduce me. Other people I've just gone in cold. Mm-hmm and managed to get 
to get people. Uh, I'm interested to hear that you said you've got people coming to you. Uh, that's the that's the place that I want to get to in the future. So yeah, those emails that are not worth your time, just forward them straight to me. <laughs> I'll speak to them for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's not easy because I think now, especially with COVID, people are just like, we need to get as much money from each of these videos as possible. So let's send it everywhere. So I think there's probably a lot of inbound inquiries coming to a lot of a lot of that. Yeah, but there's also a lot of growth. These platforms are seeing a lot of growth, right? So that's, you know, we have to, we're batting down the hatches on, on you know, staying home and entertaining ourselves for at least another year. The movie industry is kaput for at least a year. So yeah, I mean, we won't get into that that big discussion, but essentially I think if you're sitting on a lot of content out there and you're, you're just using YouTube, you need to start paying attention to these platforms and seeing which ones you should reach out to. Do some research. We're going to put a list in the show notes. This is a list that Tom did. Are you okay with us sharing this list? Yeah, absolutely. There's not. It's not like we've got contact details. It's just literally a list of names. So okay, cool. Yeah, uh, we'll share the list in the, in the show notes. Obviously, if you have any questions about this, we're happy to answer. If you're a platform that is looking for content and want to work with us and want to you know connect with uh, content producers, please also reach out as well. And if you work at Amazon, please come and talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, a big thank you to TubeBuddy for sponsoring the show. TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow. TubeBuddy is a must for anybody managing YouTube channels. It just gives you so many tools to uh, optimize your content with keyword tools thumbnail editor, the copy paste, which I mentioned before. Again, one of our favorite tools for and highly recommended to all our clients. Tom, we have a special offer. Yes, you can get an exclusive discount on a multi-channel license by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. And if you enjoyed the show and you know are enjoying the podcast, please, please, please give us a five-star, your amazing review on the old Apple Podcasts or whatever other platform that you listen to that allows for reviews. Let us know uh, if you have uh, any questions. Don't hesitate to reach out at uh, hello at uh, videoinsiders.fm. Hopefully, we're going to see you guys uh, next time. Take care, Tom. Take care, guys. Amazon, call me. (laughs) 